Thank you so much for joining us today. We would love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment and visit NBCOcala.com stories to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to help support the ministry financially, you can give online or through our mobile giving app. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, my name's Nick. I'm the Young Adults Pastor here at, uh, at Meadowbrook Church, and it's, uh, it's good. Thank you. Two people appreciate it. Love you. All right. <laughs> it's good to be with you tonight. Um, and just so you know, if you are a young adult, uh, we have a service just for you every Monday night. Right here, 7 o'clock. Oh, there it is, right there. Yep. So 18 to 30-year-olds, come and hang out every Monday night, 7 o'clock, right here, a service just for you. And just a little praise report, uh, in our C20 service, our young adult service, just this year, we've seen 142 decisions for Christ in, in young adults. The generation that doesn't go to church, you're welcome. God's doing something here, and it's, and it's incredible. And uh, before I move any further, uh, I need to give honor where honor is due. Does anybody love our lead pastor, Pastor Tim? Anybody love him? Pastor Tim, if you're watching, we love you. Uh, I want to say uh, thank you for leveraging your influence, um, allowing me to stay on, on your platform. Uh, I, I, I don't take it lightly. So I, I hope to be half the pastor, half the man of God you are one day, and I would count that a great success. So thank you for believing in young guys like me. I appreciate you. So I want to submit uh, a thought um, to you tonight. And we'll kind of unpack it together a little bit, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Y'all ready to have some fun in church? All right, good. We all worship something. We all worship something, every single one of us, whether you're a Christian or not. And just so you know, hey, if you're not a Christian in here, you're awesome. Thanks for hanging out with us. And you don't have to do any of the stuff that I'm talking about tonight. You get a pass. You can just sit there and be like, they're crazy. I know. It's, it's cool, and I'm glad you're here. Christian or not, you worship something. Every single one of us. There's something that's getting our love, our adoration, our time, our focus, our attention, our money. Every single one of us worship because we were created to do it. You were created by God to worship. You can't help it. You worship something, and so do I. And worship is a response to what we value the most. Worship is just the most natural response that we know how to give the thing we value the most. It's that thing that you're thinking about right now. I would rather be doing blank than in church. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? I'd rather be watching the game. I wish it was Thursday night football, or it's Wednesday, but you can still wish it was Thursday. It's that I'd rather be doing this than anything else, or be with this person, or That guy or that girl, any single people in here, single people, raise your hand. Go look around, look around. I know you want to know. Look around, look around. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm trying to hook you up. I'm trying to help you out, man. It's the best place to find them, right here. That's where I found mine. Lock it down. Lock it down. Like it, put a ring on it. Uh, I got to go. This is a long message. Here we go. All right. I want you to know, for real, whatever you, God doesn't mind you having stuff that you like or people that you like, or that you love. It does matter if those things or those people are above him in your heart. He does not do second place. He can't. It's not in his nature. He doesn't do second place. It's like if I were to tell my wife, yo, baby, I love you more than all the women in the whole world, except for maybe one or two. She'd cut me. 
She straight up, she, she cut me. That would not go well. Why? Because my wife deserves to be first. First place. She has new second place. Mm-mm. How much more does God deserve first place in our life? How much more? We all worship something. And Have you all heard of uh, the five love languages? It's, it's a great book that got, uh, Dr. Gary Chapman wrote several years ago. Awesome book. Essentially, uh, the hypothesis, that sounds smart. The hypothesis is that uh, we all, every single person, operates in one of, uh, or a couple of five love languages, okay? So it's uh, quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, gifts, and touch. And just so, just so you know, if you ever want to show me some love, my top two love languages uh, are, <laughs> well, with my wife anyway, touch, uh, acts of service, and then touch me again. You know, okay. <laughs> um, okay, is it hot in here? Sorry. <laughs> so, edit that part out of the podcast or whatever. Um, <laughs> but her, her, her love languages, uh, back, back in the day, she just had one, and it was easy. Quality time. Aw, isn't that nice? All she wanted to do was hang out with me. That was good enough. But after we got married, those changed. It's not funny. It's hard. So it went from quality time. She doesn't even care about hanging out with me anymore. Now it's words of affirmation. Tell me I look hot in these jeans. Okay, so words of affirmation and gifts. I got to buy stuff now. All the women said, amen. No, 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 no. Stop that. Stop that. Uh, but it, it frust- I, I'm not going to lie, it frustrates me. I was like, am I, not, am I not good enough anymore? So she, for real, she, wants, she doesn't want to hang out anymore. She wants me to tell her, tell her she looks good and buy her gifts. And I could, you know, complain about it or whatever, but when it comes to any good relationship, it doesn't matter how I want to love you. It matters how you feel loved. It doesn't matter how I want to love you. It matters how you feel loved. And God has a love language. It's called worship. Everybody say worship. Turn your neighbor and tell him you were made for it. Tell him you were made for it. God has a love language, and it's called worship. So tonight, it's going to be really fun. We're going to talk about how to worship God's way. So let's get to the Bible finally. Is that, is that a good idea? Let's, let's do that. Let's go to Luke 19, verse 37. Uh, and just to set it up real quick, um, this is what we call Palm Sunday. So it's a week before Jesus is resurrected. He's rolling up into Jerusalem, and people are excited to see him. They're kind of doing a little parade. You know, they got the palm fronds, because back in the day, um, they didn't have beads, you know, for like Mardi Gras. So like the parade, Jesus, like people are excited. They're doing some palm fronds. So uh, that's where we pick it up. Uh, verse 37. <clears throat> when he, Jesus, came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Because they worshiped God because of who he was and what he's done in their life. And they said this, the Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Oh, this is where it gets crazy. Some of the Pharisees, the church folk in the crowd, uh-oh, said to Jesus, Teacher! Rebuke your disciples. Jesus, that's a little too much. 
Tell them to, tell them to tone it down. Tell them to turn that down. It, they're just trying to draw attention to themselves. Like, to re- rebuke them. And uh, I, have a, I have a really awesome mother-in-law. Um, and I, I'm saying that because she's here, and she's great, and I love No, no, no. But no, but for real. Like, usually people don't like their mother-in-law. I love mine. Sweetest lady in the world. Very sweet. Actually one of the first people, I think the first person, to tell me that I could be a pastor one day. She's like, why not you? We were eating a burger. We were eating a burger together. She said, why couldn't you be a pastor? And I'm like, I don't know why. That'd be great. You know, seriously, awesome woman. She was at Aldi uh, a couple weeks ago. Anybody love shopping at Aldi? Love it. So you know what I'm talking about. Had a little quarter. Went and got the, you know, because you got, you got to have a quarter to get the cart. You know what I'm saying? She, she got the cart. If you don't know Aldi, you don't need, I'm sorry for your life. So she's at, she's at Aldi shopping. And um, she got to the, the, the fruit section, and she, saw, she wanted some strawberries. So she went up to the strawberries and saw that none of the strawberry containers had all good strawberries. They were like half bad and half good. So like a smart person, she made her own. So she, she busted about and made one good one. That's pretty smart. And, you know, put it in her cart, and there was a lady that like popped out. <laughs> From, she didn't even work at Aldi. You can't do that. And she's ignored her. And she was, you can't do that. This woman followed her around the store. You can't do that. You can't do that. That's breaking the rules. Somebody help. Uh, uh, security, help. I love this. I love this. My mother-in-law just turned around. She said, you ain't the boss of me. And just kept walking. I love it. It's so awesome. People, that, that's breaking the rules. Check this out. Jesus says, throw that scripture back up there. He says, you're not the boss of me. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, if my disciples keep quiet, if they don't worship me, the stones will cry out. Jesus says, look, I'm going to get mine. I'm the son of God. I'm going to get mine. He's like, look, I like this. I like when people are excited to see me. I like when people are excited about what I've done in their life. I like it. I'm going to get mine. And if they don't do it, I'll make inanimate objects do it. We've grown up, I don't know if you've grown up in church, but I did. And for much of my life, my view of worship was designed not by the word of God, but by man's opinion. By religious thought. You can't do it like that. Take your hat off. Shave. You got to look just right. You're in my seat. Uh, yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Ooh. And if you've grown up in church any amount of time, I, I, I want you to know that probably some, some, some of the ways we, we see worship is distorted. And there's a better way. There's God's way. There's God's way. And we shouldn't honor brick and mortar. We shouldn't, like, we come in here, we have to be reserved. No, 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 no. God doesn't care about buildings. You're the church. This is just a good place for us to come together. You're the church. The Holy Spirit lives in you. God doesn't care about buildings. He doesn't care. You're the church. God lives in you. So we're going to talk about how to worship God's way. Luckily, we have a really big book about it. It's called the Psalms. Everyone say Psalms which is a churchy word for songs, just songs to the Lord. I always try and, and 
try for the worship team, they always turn me down every time. So I'm going to do it while I can. And they can't. I got a microphone, so I'll do what I want, okay? So the book of Psalms is 150 chapters, largest book in the Bible. So that says to me, this is probably a pretty important subject to God, worship. And it was written from, for, through a few authors, primarily King David, David and Goliath. You know what I'm talking about? And then he cuts his head off like a boss. I love King David. But it's a big book. It's very, very important to God. And I, I just want to warn you, we're, we're about to go through some. It looks a lot more like Saturday at the swamp than it does Sunday morning. Any, any Gator fans in here? Any Gator fans in here? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what's awesome? I don't even care, but I know it gets you riled up. So I'll take what I can get. I'll take what I can get. The book of Psalms looks like Saturday a lot more than it looks like Sunday. But there's an issue. English is a stupid language. Hebrew, which is the Old Testament, written in Hebrew, is a beautiful language. Very descriptive, very poetic, a lot more words. English is a dumb language. Speak American up in here. English is a dumb language. So, there's, this is really cool. Every time we see the word praise in the Old Testament, it could mean one of seven different Hebrew words that mean completely different things. Mind blown. So tonight, we're just going to walk through the seven different Hebrew words. When you see the word praise, it can mean one of these seven different words. And God is very descriptive on how he wants to be worshipped. And they're all Hebrew. So y'all going to be real smart tonight. You're going to be smarter than everybody else that didn't come. Because you're going to know Hebrew. And you can rub it in their face in Jesus' name. Okay, here we go. So number one, the first word that when you see praise in the Old Testament... It can mean, the first one, Hallel. And we'll say Hallel. Hallel. And this one might be familiar to you because this is where we get our word Hallelujah. Uh, And the Yah part is God. So Hallel, God. Hallel, God. So Hallel means to rave, uh uh-oh, boast, celebrate, to be clamorously foolish, go buck wild. That's what that means. That's what it means. And back in the day, I was in a band, and I was cool. And I had really tight jeans, even tighter than these. (laughs) Believe it or not. I had super tight jeans, a lip ring, uh uh-huh, long hair. That was really cool. And we would go, I was in a band, but we'd go to a lot of concerts. And I would crowd surf. (laughs) Yeah, I'd crowd surf. I got dropped on my head a few times crowd surfing. It explains a lot. We would hallel. All night long. I mean, we just, we went for it. We would hallel. We would go crazy. Check this out. God likes it when we're excited for him. Psalm 35, 18 says this. I will thank you in front of the great assembly. Here it is. I will praise. I will hallel you before all the people. I'm going to praise my God just how he wants to be praised around people. That means like people might be watching. Let me say something, and I'll just let it, you know, I'm not going to press on it. Low-key, conservative worship is sometimes merely a defense mechanism to protect your ego. Sometimes. 
Don't hate me. Do you still like me? Okay, let's keep going. So just so you know, this is, I'm, all these seven things, how God wants to be worshipped, it's a process. I'm not asking you to do all of them today, but I am encouraging you to take a step. Just take a step. Just, just move a little closer to God. Just take a step. I'm telling you, the first time that I closed my eyes in worship, I thought I was like on the Titanic. A whole new world. Like just, oh, that was Aladdin. <laughs> a new fantastic point of view. No one to take. Okay. So, but seriously, like I thought, like seriously, when I was like, I closed my eyes in worship around a lot of people and I thought like I had, I had done it. Oh my gosh. I'm, I, I wasn't even raising my hands yet. I was, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It's a process. It's a process. Number two, the second word that you could, when you see praise in the Old Testament, could mean this as well. Yada. Everyone say yada. Not Yoda. Mm. Yada means to acknowledge in public, there it is, with people, again, knowledge in public with an extended hand. It's like, I know him. I, oh, 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 I know him. I know him. That's what, it, it's what, that, that's what the connotation is. And it's always natural when something good happens to put your hands up, right? When you got the promotion, when she said yes, you know, after you begged her and begged her and begged her, and she said, she finally said yes, or, you know, yes. I remember uh, a couple weeks ago, I had just graduated with my master's in theological studies, Thank you. I'm proud of it, so I'll let you clap. Yeah, I'm glad it happened, but I'm glad it's over, okay? Like, it was, it was tough. But I got it in the mail, and I was by myself in my house, and I just, because something, it was just natural to, yeah, it just feels, feels right. Check this out. In Psalm 138, verse 1, it says, I will praise, I will yada you, Lord, with all my heart. No matter who's watching, with all that I am, I'm going to die you. Number three, another word that when we see praise, it could mean this. Barak. Everyone say Barak. Means to bless by kneeling or bowing. To bless by kneeling or bowing. Essentially, the connotation is to present yourself. To say, here I am. All of me, here I am. And we don't bow and kneel a lot in our culture. But I do know one time we do. When you propose. Yeah. Now my jeans are really tight. I hope I, they don't rip. Okay. I'm not playing accordingly for this. Okay. I'm not. It's like contorting this way. Just go with me. Don't judge me over there. To Barack. Why, when you propose, why do you, why do you kneel? To bless. To honor. Please marry me. <laughs> I remember when I uh, uh, asked my wife to marry me. It was sexy, man. I mean, I'm telling you, like, we were on the beach. She had no idea it was coming. No idea it was coming. And I hit my knee, and she went, oh, you know, I don't know why. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Barack, to bless, to kneel, to honor. Psalm 103.1 says this, let all that I am. Barak the Lord, here I am, all of me. With my whole heart, I will praise, I will Barak his holy name. Number four, another word that when we see praise, 
could mean this. We're just trying to learn what it looks like to worship God's way. There's so much more to it than we think. Number four, Zamar. Everyone say Zamar. Sounds like a planet, doesn't it? Sounds like Jupiter, and then I don't even know the order anymore, and then Pluto. Is Pluto still a planet? It is in my heart. There's nine planets in my heart, and then Zamar is number 10, all right? Zamar. Zamar means, oh, this is cool, making music to God with strings. And the (laughs) it's awesome. The connotation of this word is to hit those bad boys hard. I'm serious. That's what it means, like to turn it up a little bit. And if you don't like loud worship, I got a verse coming up for you. So, you know, nothing you can do. Man, turn it up. And you know what that means? God's cool. That's what that means. That in heaven, he has an awesome sound system in his car, and you can hear him down the block. That's what that means. It means God's cool. He he likes it. He doesn't want elevator music. He's like, I want all of heaven to hear this thing. Psalm 92 verse 1 says this. It is good to praise to Zamar, the Lord, and make music to your name, O Most High. Number five, another word just to show us how God wants to be worshipped. This is the fun one. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the, the wrong pronunciation, and then we'll spit on each other after that. Shabak. Everyone say Shabak. Throw it up there. Throw it up there. Shabak. Okay, now I'm going to tell you the real one. So you got to act like you got like a popcorn oh, pedal. Is it like things stuck in your Shabak. Try it. One more time. Really try and get their head wet in front of you. Ready? Try it. Shabak. <laughs> the spit zone everywhere. It means to address in a loud tone, to shout. How much shouting happens at your favorite sports team event? How much shouting happens at your favorite band? I mean, at the sports team, it's like, yeah, good game, you did it. Ah, the wave. Can we do the wave real quick? Let's just do it. I don't even know. Let's do it. Ready? Start over here. Wave. Go. Oh, right around. Do the wave. Do the wave. And then back. One more time. One more time. One more time. One more time. Yeah. Awesome. I almost fell off. How much shouting happens at those big events? A lot. I will not shout for people that I paid to watch and ignore the God who created me and gave everything for me. I won't. I won't do it. You paid to watch those people. They don't know your name. They don't care. Thanks for the money. See you you next week. Yeah, see you next week. I will not scream for people that don't know me and ignore the God who created me and gave everything for me. I won't do it. I won't do it. Just won't. Shabbat. Psalm 63, verse 3 says this, because your love is better than life. God's love is better than life, better than your favorite team, your favorite band. It's better than shopping. Oh my gosh, it's a sale. It's better than that. It's better than your marriage. It's better than your kids. It's better than your own life. Because God's love is better than all things. Because of that, my lips will glorify you. I will praise. I will shabak you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. Yeah. Another word that when we see it, we always see is praise. But it can mean this as well. Number six. Here we go. Toda. Everyone say toda means to lift hands in adoration or surrender. And the beautiful thing about, this is one of my favorites, the beautiful thing about this one, the connotation is like a child 
lifting hands to a parent. Essentially saying, I need you to lift me to heights I couldn't get to on my own. Another connotation of this is actually to be held up like with a gun. Like, I surrender. It's all yours. Take it all. I'm at your mercy. Toda. It's all yours. This is essentially when you stop trying to be God yourself. Because you make a terrible God. You do. You're awful at it. And so am I. Every time we try and be God, we always screw something up. Every single time. But when we lift our hands and we toda, we say, God, I'm, I'm done. I need you. And sometimes when Pastor Tim, he prays, he tells you to lift your hands, open your hands to heaven. That's what he's trying to lead you into. To toda. I surrender. And what's interesting is that two of the seven words have to do with raising your hands in public. God likes that for some reason. Because Yada is more like, oh, I know him, I know him. But Toda is surrender. Something about God wanting you to raise your hands in public to show people, look, I don't care what you think, I care what God thinks. That's it. Psalm 50 verse 23 says this, but true Toda, praise, is a worthy sacrifice. This really honors me. This is really cool. Those who walk my paths will receive salvation from the Lord. Those who try not to be God themselves will receive salvation. That's beautiful. The last one, the last word that when we read praise in our Bibles, in the Old Testament, specifically in the book of Psalms, it could mean one of seven different things. How we worship God his way. Number seven, the last one. This one's funny. Tehillah. And we say Tehillah. Now it sounds like what? Tequila. I know you thought it. A bunch of sinners in here. <laughs> you know, but here, they get the same uh, response. Tequila, exuberant singing. <laughs> they get the, you get the same thing. You know, maybe not you, your friend you've been praying for. You know, they, they maybe had a few too many, and they just singing, and they're bad, and you're bad, and everyone's bad. You don't care. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's funny because when you see the verse, it'll be even funnier. Uh, Psalm 34, 1 says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His tehillah will always be on my lips. <laughs> okay, let me just set the record straight. You might think, I found my verse. I found it. Thank you, Meadowbrook Church. You missed it. You, you, you missed it. You just, you, you just missed the whole thing. That's not what I'm talking about, all right? Tehillah. Say it one more time with me. Tehillah. All right, we got it. Good. Just want to make sure. Okay. So uh, in a few minutes, we're actually going to uh, worship God together. Because I would be remiss if we did a whole message on worship and didn't give you the opportunity to apply it. And we're going to worship God together. And I I believe chains are going to be broken. Lives are going to be changed. God's going to do something when we worship him his way. But before we do that, I just have a few encouragements for you to keep in mind while we worship together. You ready for it? Here we go. Number one, worship based on choice, not feeling. Worship based on choice, not feeling. Let me, let me say this too. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Don't let what's wrong with you, because there's a lot, me too, 
don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. Being imperfect and worshiping God does not make you a hypocrite. It makes you a human being. I need that to settle in your heart. Being imperfect and worshiping a perfect God does not make you a hypocrite. It makes you a human being. God knows. He knows what you did last week. He knows what you did last night. He knows what you're going to do tonight. He knows those dark, deep places in the corners of your soul that you never want to think or talk about again. He knows. And your picture is still on his refrigerator. You're his favorite. I'm his favorite. You're his favorite. That's how this thing works. God loves you so much. He knows. He knows. Habakkuk 3, 17 says this. Essentially saying when life is awful, even, when, even though the figs, the fig trees have no blossoms, I got a flat tire, and there's no grapes on the vines, my wife and I are fighting, even though the olive crop fails and I didn't get the promotion and the fields lie empty and burdened and my kids are nuts, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty and life is bad. I mean, it, it's not good. Verse 18, yet I will still, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will. Everyone say, I will. That's beautiful. It's an act of your will. Just in here, I I will. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. And what's really cool, the next verse talks about God will make your feet like hinds feet. And what that means, have you ever seen like a mountain goat? They got those big old hind quarters. I mean, they they just got something, something back there. So they can get up those mountains, get up those boulders. It's an act of the will. I'm going to get up there. We need some big old spiritual hind quarters. Like, you need some something, something back there so you can get up that mountain and say, I don't care what the mountain of my day was. I'm going to worship God anyway. And I know some of you ladies are like, I rebuke that. I don't want no, I don't want no spiritual hindquarters, spiritual badunkadunk. I don't want none of that. Spiritually speaking, okay, spiritually speaking. You need some something, something to get up that mountain of your day and worship God anyway. That rhymed. You're welcome. Hebrews 13, verse 15. It says, through Jesus. Through who? That's the only way. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God, this is important, a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice of praise. To be honest with you, I don't always feel like worshiping God. I know I should. I'm a professional Christian. I'm a pastor. I don't always feel like worshiping God. Sometimes I have to lift my hands, jump up and down, remind my soul that God is good even when I don't feel like it. And I think there's blessing in that. I do. I do. Yeah. So worship based on choice, not feeling. Number two, worship with everything I have. We say it in sports, don't we? Leave it all out in the field. I need it your all. Come on. Give it everything. You know what? If, we, if we're gonna if we're gonna worship God and we're gonna clap, like let's not give a little golf clap. I want you to put those bad boys together. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't give them a go- like, worship it. Everything you got. Check this verse out. Mark chapter 12 verse 30. This is really interesting. Someone asked Jesus, "Hey, hey Jesus, okay, there's there's like hundreds of commandments. There's a lot back in the day. Which one's like the most important? It's a great question." Like, what's the most important? And then if I get that one right, probably everything else is going to be, be okay. And this is Jesus' answer. This is, this is beautiful. Mark 12, verse 30 says this. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Oh, that's a lot. And with all your soul. Wow. And with all your mind and with all your strength. God deserves everything that we have because he gave us everything that he has. He has never withheld anything from us that's good for us. Never. Worship God based on choice, not feeling. Worship him with everything you have. And last one, number three, most important, as we go into worship God together, worship expecting God to respond. A beautiful verse, one of my favorite. James 4, 8 says this, come close to God. Let me stop right there. Like I talked about before, I know that this may be daunting for you. Yo, look, Pastor Nick, maybe that's good for you, but I'm not there yet. I'm not going to lift up my hands. I'm not going to jump up and down. I'm not going to sing loud. I'm not going to barack. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. Not yet. I'm not asking you to do everything, but I am asking you to come a little bit closer to God. Just take a step. Come a little bit closer to God. And then his promise, woo, it's good. Come close to God and God will come close to you. He will. This is for somebody tonight, what I'm about to say. And if it's you, I hope you respond. If you feel far from God tonight, it's not because God moved because you moved. God says, if you come close, I'll come close to you. If you feel a distance between you and God, it's not because he went anywhere. It's because you drifted. And I want you to know that God already came close to us. God already made the first move. 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, God sent his very only son, Jesus Christ, to the earth. He was God in the flesh, God in a bod. And he lived a perfect sinless life, a life that you and I just can't live. And look, if you're not a Christian in here, you know you're not perfect because you've made rules for yourself and you've broken those. So God sent Jesus to live a perfect, sinless life that we just couldn't live. I'm not perfect and neither are you. And we lived in sin and sin is just what separates us from God. And then one day, Jesus Christ, the perfect son of God, was beaten till he was unrecognizable. Within an inch of death and was nailed to a rugged wooden death machine called the cross to die. And I believe while Jesus was on that cross, he was thinking about you. About you. Way in the back. Yep. You. And you. And you. And if you were the only person to have ever sucked wind off this earth, Jesus would have come, lived a perfect life, died a a sinner's death that we deserved, and he would have rose from the grave just for you that's how much you matter to God. I don't care what they've said. I don't care what he said or she said. You have value to God. And Jesus did that 
died a death in our place and rose in the grave so that you and I could be forgiven of all of our sins. Everything you've ever done in your entire life that you never want to speak about or think about again, Jesus died on that cross to forgive you and to give you new life on this earth and eternity with God forever. I know we talked a lot about how we worship God, but I want you to know why we worship God. We only need one reason and one reason alone. And his name is Jesus Christ. And if God never does one more good thing in my life, I will give him everything I have for the rest of my days because of Jesus because of forgiveness, because of salvation, because of new life, because of, I was addicted, now I'm not. I was depressed, and now I'm not. I had no purpose, and now I have it. I had no hope, and now I got it. We we only need one reason, church. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. That's it. That's all we need. That's all we'll ever need. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.